Hey everyone, and welcome to another new episode of Time Extend. This week, it's me, Adam, we got Brendan, and I guess he liked us so much last time that he wanted to come back. It's Andrew Elmore. Hi. I mean, I guess we left like a good impression on you, because like, I don't know why you would want to come back to this little rinky-dink uh, racing game show. I can't. I can't. I can't be mean to the show. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, oh. I think it was... Brendan wasn't here, Brendan, so you, um, I think if you were here, it probably would have seemed a little bit more, like, high quality, but it was pretty much just, like, me and Andrew just going in, like, a circular hole down this, like, vicious spiral of, like, jog cons and, and other things and things I can't even remember. It was almost like a fever dream. It's my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't on it. I was too busy getting drunk watching the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing that's honestly a better priority <laughs> yeah so i mean if you would rather not listen to time extend and go watch wrestling that's like totally understandable <laughs> and okay all right force feedback jogcon let's talk about it all right well maybe maybe not so soon i think if we had like four ridge racer episodes in a row i think we'd lose all of our listeners or double them one of the two it's true. And we are actually going to start this off with a little bit of Ridge Racer talk. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> I promise it's not uh, actually about games. It's just about giveaways. So, um, yeah. So, Andrew, you were on our last episode. Uh, you made the wonderful record Real Racing Roots 2019. Um, go listen to the last episode and the one before it, or the Ridge Racer ones, if you want to hear about it. Because... I mean, it's great, and we, you can go into way more detail listening to those shows than we will right here, but um, we have a copy of one of the limited, I believe there are only 20 physical releases of the album, correct? Yeah, that sounds about right, something like that. Yeah, we have one, and it's, it's really hard for me to not like open it and like steal it and contain it as my own because it's so beautiful. Um, but we thought, why not give it give it away uh, to our wonderful listeners and the people who can put up with all this Ridge Racer stuff. So um, the way we're going to go about this is between when this podcast goes up and let's make it Friday, March 8th, because that will probably be right before the next episode. Uh, we want you to tweet at time extend and our account is at time underscore extend with your favorite Ridge Racer memory. It can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be R4. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Get some discussion going. So just add in the hashtag. Make sure you do this or else we won't be able to really find it. Add in the hashtag <laughs> memories, And then on the next show, we'll read our favorite memories or favorite entries on the air. And among all of them, we'll randomly pick one person to uh, who entered to give the album to. So does that sound good? fantastic if you want to increase your chances of winning spam nintendo's twitter account if we want ridge racer 8 i'm kidding that won't increase your chances but maybe you should do that anyway <laughs> <Really spending. laughs> yeah just, just literally anybody just start demanding from yeah, people exactly. on the street just, nintendo, the just don't tell them that we told you to do it or else it'll it'll make us oh, look no. even worse i would maybe like to get hired in this industry one day so you know just be funny yeah exactly <laughs> <sighs> Alrighty. so we're gonna do a little bit of a, of a backwards episode this time uh because we have andrew here for the first segment and he played the game we're about to talk about um without me even asking him to without either of us asking him to which is pretty amazing uh but we're gonna start off with sega racing system another round of that and we're finally talking about test drive lamar after God knows how long. (laughs) It's been a long road. It has been a long road, Brendan. You you had to track down a, like, almost not legit, like, (laughs) pre-release reviewer copy to play it. I'm so excited about that. Copy of Le Mans 24 hours. Don't at me with jealousy, Adam. (laughs) Yeah. It's not even Test Drive Le Mans. It's Le Mans 24 hours, which is a much better title. It's uh, just what yeah. the, what the game is, you know. Quick side question: Is this another case of uh, kind of like V Rally, where it came to the states and got test drive slapped onto it? Yeah, but this is more of a case where I think at the time Infogrames had the test drive license, so they just decided like, why not? It'll get more 
recognition in the states. So they went that way about it. Right, I just meant it, it wasn't told- initially conceived as a test drive spin-off. Yeah, that that's right. yeah. probably correct. We've talked before about how infograms like were not entirely consistent with their naming conventions across regions as well. One of yep. the free practice episodes we talked about that, so it seems like when they were releasing a game in another region, they just thought, I'll click the intern name it, we'll see what we end up with. <laughs> how great would it be if that V-Rally 4 on Switch was just Need for Speed V-Rally again? Oh, yeah. Well, it's weird that V-Rally was both Need for Speed and Test Drive at different times. It's just so strange. And then, like, I... One time I tweeted something about and somebody was like, it wasn't a real Need for Speed game. I'm like, I know it wasn't a real Need for Speed game, but, like, it was, like, to the people who played it in this country. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I love the idea of getting really upset about that. Well, it's like, sorry, you know, sorry companies that release games in the United States didn't trust the audience enough to, like, be able to play a game unless it had the words test drive or need for speed on it. But that's not really my fault. You know, I'm over... You don't know games, Adam. You don't know them. Uh, yeah. In a way, it is your fault. You know, let's just cut the podcast right here, because I, I don't know games. And... <laughs> Clearly, right. <laughs> oh, man. Alright. So, test drive Lama in North America. Lama 24 hours elsewhere in the world. Uh, developed by Infogrames Melbourne House, published by Infogrames. Infogrames is such a weird, such a weird name for a company. Have you all heard the, um... The Infogrames in- is entertainment. Okay, you have heard it. Okay. We're, for the people who haven't heard it, we're definitely playing it in this show. Yes! So... Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. NASCAR Heat, Tonka Town. Oh, well, you'll hear it later. You'll you'll be able to hear it uh, about, about once every two months i just out of nowhere in the middle of doing something else just will creep into my head alone in the dark that's not all i hope the internet never forgets that i, I fear that large swaths of it already have but uh, if we if we keep that fire lit the eternal torch of infograms we'll just, <laughs> we'll just do it with every episode like bren reminds us that v rally exists and and maybe there you go. <laughs> maybe it'll work I was disappointed nobody mentioned V-Rally in the episode I wasn't in this podcast. I felt really bad about that at the end, actually. I realized, like, God damn it, neither I nor Andrew mentioned V-Rally. And did <laughs> you not I... talk about it as having Jogcon support? Maybe you did? Oh, maybe you did. I need to uh, listen back now. Yeah. The first one has uh, Nejicon support, and the second one is Jogcon support. And I don't know if that actually got brought up or not as a way to shoehorn in v-rally 4 probably not So, so, Lamont, 24 hour. Um, so uh, here's here's an interesting little aside because I like these little nuggets of info. Uh, when you start playing this game, it says like produced by Bruno Bonnell, who I get, I when I was a kid, I was playing this game. I don't know who the hell Bruno Bonnell is. Um, apparently, well, he started Infogrames, but he is now a representative of, on the French National Assembly. So he is a politician. The guy who helped make Test Drive Lamont a real thing is a politician in France wild 
I'm going to choose to not look up anything about his politics and just assume that since he brought this joyous, wonderful gift of game into the world, that he can do no wrong. Yeah, in 2019, I think that's the best way to go about it. Uh, Melbourne House, also responsible for a couple other games. Another Dreamcast racer, known as Looney Tunes Space Race, which I played when I was a kid. And it was... That game is secretly good. Yeah, it was okay. You know, it was fine. It was weird, because I don't think, if I remember correctly, there was no music when you were actually playing it, like, in the gameplay. It would just be all these, like, really weird, like, kind of, like... Um, just like stock sounds of like spacey sounds like a laser and like uh, you know all these weird things you'd associate and like Looney Tunes like explosions and stuff and like no music so that was kind of creepy um, the, they also worked on the PS2 and PSP versions of Test Drive Unlimited which I think I played like once and was like wow these are surprisingly like in depth for like PS2 for a PS2 version of like a PS3 game but it was still kind of like a PS2 game trying to be a PS3 game, so it's not something that anyone should really play. It was just there if you didn't have a PS3. The PSP one would be more recommended then, would you say? I guess so, because... Well, I think I think you could play that game online or something like that. It was really weird, wow. but... Melbourne House was, um... They, they definitely had their moments of, uh their moments in the sun and i think you know it's safe to say none of them were brighter than test drive Lamar. they don't really exist anymore i mean i don't know what they've done since but they fell into infogrames became atari and then i they may have sold off the studio and had them do something else or something like that so they're um they're not really an entity anymore but the interesting thing about test drive Lamar is that this game actually so when you talk about Test Drive Lamar, you're kind of talking about two games because the one we're talking about is a Dreamcast release that came out in November of 2000. Earlier in 2000, there was a PS1 version and the PC version that were made by Brendan's favorite developer, Utechnics. And <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> yeah. And um that game was nothing at all like the one that we're talking about today. It was made by a completely different developer. And from what I understand, uh, Melbourne House wanted to port that game to Dreamcast, but I guess they decided it was crap because everything I read about is that it wasn't very good. So they just decided to basically make an entirely new game. Uh, so that one came out on Dreamcast in two th- at the end of 2000. And then it was released again on the PS2 in summer of 01, which would have been like right after the Dreamcast sort of died. Uh, All too familiar tale. Yeah, or maybe not right after. Yeah, I guess it more like in, in the midst of the Dreamcast dying. So they poured it to the PS2, they added some content, which we'll talk about later, and then they re-released it on the PC in summer of 2002 as the yep. new version that was based on the original Dreamcast game as opposed to the earlier PC release, which was based on the PS1 game. So this game has a really weird history that nobody would ever bother to tell you except us. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was just going to say, the PlayStation 1 version of the game, I think I might have played it because the the intro video used Bohemian Like You, I'm sure, as its theme song. Hmm. In 90s song, I'll need to try and find that. But sorry, Andrew, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted our guest. No, no, you're good. <laughs> I, there's a weird like stream delay. I was just going to ask if they even changed the name on the PC release because I don't think so, right? I think just like different box art or something. The PC release might just be Lamont 24. So, so when it made it okay. to when it made it to PS2, it just became Lamont 24 Hours or 24 Hours, something like that. It doesn't okay. have Test Drive branding, but. That okay. was probably true of the of the PC, the 2002 PC release as well. But what's what I think is interesting is that um, the PS2 one they did change some things, and I wonder if the PC one's even more updated than that, because the whole idea of this game is that it's um, it's based on like the nine the 99 and 2000 years of the race. Um, for the Dreamcast one anyway, and then with the PS2 they upgrade they updated it so it had 2001 cars and teams and even huh. like an extra track uh so if they did that for a pc that'd be cool as well this game honestly like it's not short on content it's actually i don't know the exact number of cars but it's got a lot and it um doesn't have a ton of tracks but they do replicate the entirety of the 24 hours of Lama. like there's day night change there's weather you can do the race in the full 24 hours you can do it in, i think six hours or three or 
24 minutes, which is the way I like to do it because I'm a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And 24 cars on track that you can race against, which is like unbelievable for the time. I mean, this is back in 2000. So, I mean, I like right out of the gate uh, when I played this game, when I was, I mean, I was a little kid when I played it first and I remember getting it for Christmas and I was like, I don't know what Lama is. Like, I'm reading, I'm like, Test drive lemons. I could read pretty well as a kid. Lemons, lemons, yeah. And then my brother's like, "Oh no, it got good reviews. You'll like it." And I was like, "Okay." I was, but he didn't. It, like, I'm the only person who likes motorsports in my family, so uh, I didn't really understand where it was coming from. And I don't think I really liked the game that much when I was a kid because it's a very serious game. But like over the years, I'd revisit it, and I just every single time I'd be more and more impressed with what, with what they manage because. Um, as I've alluded to in the past, I think it's my favorite Dreamcast racer, which is a pretty, yeah, which is is a pretty, like, huge accomplishment. Because I think every aspect of this game, like, it was a simulator for the time, and it still handles really well. Like, not perfectly, but definitely way better than anything else, save for Gran Turismo, of the day. And it also looks great and it plays really well and the soundtrack is fantastic like across the board it's like top-notch production values and apparently it was only $30 when it came out in the United States which is pretty incredible too it's definitely a positive if it was a bit cheaper um I mean as someone who hasn't played it prior to preparing for this podcast I think I described it to you Adam when we were talking on Facebook as it's almost kind of like grid before grid actually happened that's what the handling really reminds me of i'm not sure oh that's a good point what it is exactly yeah it just has that same kind of weighty feel but you can still push the back of the cars out and the the, the fucking the grass and the sand traps are really brutal much like grid as well it really reminds me of it does really feel like grid to me and i don't know if i'm crazy for thinking that i feel like it may it might break a little bit easier. I feel like I have an easier time getting into corners than in grid, but I might just have not spent enough time with grid to get good, as the kids say. I always had this issue with grid where it just kind of felt very floaty, and and um, I felt like I could really just like thrash it into corners, especially when you're like at that game's the first game's version of Lamar, which is like eighty car lanes wide, and like the it's just the scale of it's ridiculous. Um, but this game feels oddly like more realistic to me. It's still, yeah, it's Simcade, which we hate saying, but it's still kind of like that. But like, it's more <laughs> grounded, and it's like it's pretty challenging too, because like you you do definitely get in situations where you have like snap oversteer, especially on like some of the more challenging tracks. Like this game has Donington, and I was doing like one of the longer races there, and like it was just like a GT2 car. I was driving like a 911, and um, it started to rain. And there's no, there was like no saving it like across I don't know the names of the cores at Dyington, but they're the first like series of S's essentially you go through in that track they're all just like bounding over the hills and stuff and I'm just like losing it every single time uh, so it quite challenging but then I think if you work at it you tiptoe through it you can be pretty competitive which reminds me of like a modern racing game you know it's like it doesn't feel so unfair that you just want to give up that like oh this is just like bullshit but it it's just challenging enough to you can still kind of be grounded and kind of think like oh if i do it if i go about this way if i'm a little bit more careful i can make it work and inspires you to keep coming back which is like a quality that i i appreciate in the best simulators i think it's really funny that you mentioned that about Donington because I had the exact opposite problem. Um, mm. When I was running through uh, a championship series for the first time, uh, that was the first track where I was like, ah, I don't need to worry about doing a qualifier lap. I'll just dive in. Uh, which, don't do that. That was not <laughs> smart. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, it's got that big, long straightaway um, on one side of the uh, course, and I did not pay enough attention to the mini map but just out of the corner of my eye i was like yep straight away got it just gonna floor it for a while um and all of a sudden the car in front of me halfway down the straightaway slams on the brakes and starts moving and i didn't see that little slight curve around to the right where the track gives way to mud and there's that hard uh, yep 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 uh-huh. <laughs> i uh i got some air <laughs> on that wall uh should have been dead but something something 
damage models. Uh, that's another thing that's kind of a bummer reading old reviews of the time of this game when everyone was very obsessive about every racing game needing to have realistic like damage models for all their cars and everything. We moaned about that before, I believe. Yes. We were talking... <laughs> Like, I, well, to be honest, that is like a six-year stretch of reviewers constantly complaining about the lack of damage modeling. Like, I think yeah. even Sega Rally Revo got it, and that was like eight years after this game. But honestly, I feel like, like still talk about that up through like GT Five. Yeah, it kind of died off after GT Five, weirdly enough. Um, I guess that's when people started to realize that as the graphics got better, the amount of effort required. Yep. It just wasn't worth having like, a tiny bit of your bumper fall off. And I guess that's opened up the market to things like Wreckfest, if you really want that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, this sure. is like the common uh, drum that I feel like we beat over and over again on this show because of the <laughs> the way that we, you know, cover this time frame of like late 90s, early 2000s. And... Um, it was just like such a common refrain every single review whether whether or not a game had damage or if it like if it had damage but not in the way that somebody wanted it's just like there was this weird obsession with it and now it's like most games have it but a lot of games really don't try that hard and everyone's cool with it like it doesn't matter and i don't know why we couldn't have gotten there 20 years earlier I mean, that's the deep dark secret is that it never mattered yeah, exactly. No, like, like maybe if you're into the mechanical like simulation aspect of like okay i did something bad and all my alignment's off the car's gonna start pulling to one side or something uh or if you want to start talking about like tire wear and brake wear and stuff during something like a 24 hour le mans race um but it's just things like oh the windshield shattered my bumper fell off i exploded it's like man there's there's destruction derby over there you can just pop that in have yourself a time um I think Burnout's success contributed a lot to that as well. Obviously not oh, for this point. game particularly, but when people started saying, hey, if Burnout can have this amount of damage, why doesn't Gran Turismo? <laughs> right, they're the exact same game. <laughs> exactly, there's no difference whatsoever. The exact same game with the exact same like considerations and gameplay design and everything. Yeah, Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> nitrous and driving in onto oncoming traffic is one of my favorite parts of GT3. There is yeah, nitrous in, in GT, or is it GT4 has nitrous, right? D4, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it would, like, give you... I remember always being disappointed by by the nitrous in, in whichever one it was, I guess GT4, because, like, you press the stick. <laughs> well, 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 nothing happens. Like, you go faster, but it's, it's just like the way nitrous works in real life. It's like you get a boost of horsepower. Flames don't shoot out your exhaust pipes or anything like that. You know, it's like widen the camera lens and everything. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, you're on drugs. Yeah, it's it's not like that. Amazing. <laughs> it doesn't take you into like a giant like a CG hyperspace thing like the first Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, hitting 110 miles per hour and a yeah, <laughs> time and light. <laughs> you just start getting those like Akira tail lights. Akira tail lights. <laughs> A quick note that I had about uh, Test Drive Le Mans, though, is the way that it handles difficulty is really interesting to me, at least for its time. Yeah, I was um, going to point this out as well. It's okay, I actually cool. kind of dislike it, but but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I might know why, but I'll, I'll let you speak for yourself. Um, so I jumped in with just the intermediate, and that's kind of the space that I've been playing this game in, because I'm always afraid that with... Uh, like non-super arcadey racers that if I bump it up to the highest difficulty it's going to be like ultra hardcore and I, I don't know if that would actually be the case here I haven't tested that but like I've been winning too much in intermediate so I should probably bump it up kind of thing because uh, like to be clear I'm going to be spending a lot of time with this game in the future regardless of this podcast or not because um, like Brent I also picked it up for this show and also because adam kept bringing it up and i was like all right okay I'll, I'll give it a shot and i'm extremely glad that i did we'll, we'll get into that later but um anyway difficulty i looked at the kind of like adaptive settings that it has for the entry level and i wanted to see what that was like because i feel like at least in personal experience it wasn't really till uh the first and second forza motorsport that i started to feel like the driving uh assistance uh was doing a good job at lowering the barrier for people that were not like playing a lot of more kind of sim-y racing games. Yeah. Um, and this definitely is more in that casual sim space where it's not, it is far from iRacing, but it's also far from like Wipeout. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so I, I took, uh, I just, just out of curiosity, after spending some time with it on Intermediate, I bumped it down to the beginner with all the assistance on and just took the fastest car I could around the uh, main Le Mans track. And I actually thought that the way it handled auto braking was a lot more intuitive than I would have expected. Uh, it still definitely gets in the way of like, you know, higher level, like if you want to accelerate out of a turn harder because of the space that the car next to you is in relation to where you are on the track or whatever. Um, but uh, generally, I thought that it actually handled that stuff really well. But I'm curious to... I, <laughs> I feel like Adam's chopping up the bit to, to tear me down. No, I, I think the auto braking, like, I, I have no problem with that. And I appreciate that they were trying to simplify things because my, my main issue with the difficulty is that it's cut into beginner, intermediate, and expert um and it's true i do wish you had some granularity over that stuff yeah so like that every difficulty setting pairs some aspect of auto braking with some aspect of driving aids which is basically like traction control so it's like beginner is auto braking's on traction control obviously is on and then the level of uh of your opponent is at the lowest you know it's the easiest opponents you can face in terms yeah. of the ai uh when you go up which is great when you know when i was really little and i was playing this game that's pretty much how i would always play the game when you go up to intermediate it turns all the braking off but it leaves traction control on and it bumps up the difficulty of the opponents and then when you go up to expert it turns everything off and makes the opponents as hard as they can be now when you're in expert mode well, for, my first issue is that it's pairing trash and control with like levels of the of the opposition, which I don't like. Because what if I want to turn TCS off and then also play against like intermediate opponents? I can't do that. But sure. the other issue is that, um, and this gets into my one huge gripe with the game. Although this is more of a granular thing, but like it kind of ties into a story. So like. I was finding that in typical race situations, and I was doing, like, I think this was, like, the GT Enduro, Enduro series, which is, like, you're doing, like, 10 or 12 lap races or something like that. Um, or they, they might all be, like, uh, 15 minutes in length or something. And there's always a pit stop. Um, you don't have to pit, but you usually have to pit in these races. And I was at Donington, and I was doing it in on expert difficulty, and this whole race was in the dry, and it was a good challenge and it was it was fun and expert was where i wanted to be and i liked that i got to have traction control off and it was great um the next race i did in the series was a catalonia where it rained now Ooh. when it There's rains turns in there yeah when it rains in this game uh you you really need to speaking to you know the aspect of how it was kind of a sim ahead of its time you really need to pit and put on some wet tires like it's important because um, slicks don't do a good job in the wet in this game, as they shouldn't. But the problem is... It's like driving on ice. Yeah. The problem is nobody else has to pit. And that is... Oh, no. And that's a problem that I have had with so many racing games over the years, whether it's something this old, or even the first Project Cars, is like, yeah, why is it that when it rains, I lose five seconds a lap, but nobody else does? It's just... That's how the racing works, Adam. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so unfair and like I'm willing to, you know, this game's old and like they were already by doing the dynamic weather thing, by doing all stuff like they were already like attacking at a level that nobody else was. And and I appreciate that, but like when the game pulls that crap today, as Project Cars did or as F1 did, yeah. I think when Codemasters started making the F1 games, I have no patience for that shit. I'm like, you want me to do a whole season of this, but like it, the fact that these drivers won't slow down when like the weather forces them to where they won't pit or they won't do anything. They'll basically stick to whatever schedule that they started with. Like you, you can't have a rewarding, like invigorating competitive experience that way. So, um, Oh, and, and the other thing is like some, some cars just like won't pit at all. Like regardless of race conditions, like, uh, in some of the races I was doing in that GT Enduro series, the top five didn't, everyone else did, but the top five didn't have to. <laughs> Weird. Um, Weird. yeah, it's, it's That's really, <laughs> it's really, really infuriating. So then what you have to do as a result of that, and this is how it ties back into the difficulty thing is I had to turn the difficulty down. 
um, to intermediate. So, because there's no way, like, you don't really know the forecast before you get into the race. Yeah. yeah um, right. So the only thing you can do is just make the game as easy as possible for yourself. So that's that's kind of where it all falls apart for me. It's I, too speedy. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry it was such a long-winded story, but just, like, when <laughs> as I was going through it, I must have sunk, like, two hours into this game one day, Ooh. like... More time than I expected to for for this show, which is probably better for the episode. But like, I wasted a lot of time that day. I could have been doing other more productive things in my life. Um, instead, I had to keep rewriting the GT Enduro series over and over again because the game was unfair. Uh, I hate when games do that type of thing because it's just artificial difficulty, and I know that's like one of the most redundant phrases considering it's all artificial. But like. <laughs> Let's be honest, if it isn't an even playing field, then you shouldn't have to change the difficulty to to kind of make up for that because then you won't get the satisfaction either of finally winning that series and it can be forgiven like you said because this is a Dreamcast game we're talking about but in recent times you still see it occasionally. Although it's funny you mentioned Codemasters because I think it was like Formula 1 2013 or 2014 where yep. I had the opposite effect of it started absolutely bucking it down and then the Spanish Grand Prix would rain tires on, but the rest of the field just kept driving at like 40 miles per hour. Oh my and God, that's hilarious. And I was having a terrible <laughs> fucking race, really bad. And I was just whizzing by everybody, like, see you later, Lewis, catch you later, Sebastian. <laughs> just like blasting through the field and ended up winning the race from dead last, with like 10 laps left. I love that you also had that experience at Catalonia. Maybe it's just Catalonia. Ah, maybe. That's actually pretty weird. <laughs> There's uh, something in there. <laughs> the great thing about Catalonia in this game is it doesn't have that terrible last sector, like final corner chicane that they put in like yeah, years oh later. Uh huh. Yeah, which is good. But it might actually be my favorite course in this game when you know road conditions are good and dry. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy that track. Yeah, yeah, That's it's nice. a pretty standard, you know, solid track that I like to see in every game. Uh, and and just to go through the tracks, like I said, there aren't that many of them. Uh, but you get you get uh, Circuit de la Sarth. Quantity. It's quality over quantity. Right, right. Uh, Circuit de la Sarth, Bugatti, which is a short version of that, which uh, you only ever see in either MotoGP games because MotoGP runs there, or Forza 3 and 4 had it. For- Forza now might have it too. I haven't played a Forza game in years. They probably have it now. I was going to say, I thought I recognized it from 3. Yeah. So it's in those games, and then you have Suzuka, which is maybe like my favorite track in the world. Um, one of them anyway. Uh, Burno, which like is I really can. weird. Yeah, I like Burno. <laughs> Burno's good, but it's just weird. That's another motorcycle track. Like, why are there so many motorcycle tracks in this game? Project Cars as well. That what I like. Yeah, Burno's got like the same corner five times, but it's a good corner, so I don't really mind. <laughs> um, it's a good way of summing up. Yeah, it's, yeah. Driving, driving that track is like listening to Weezer's Blue Album. Like, this is doing the same thing over and over, but it's just, it's damn good at it. I can't be mad. Weezer references oh, two crap, weeks in a row. Weezer twice. In a row. <laughs> Weezer's the new V Rally. No, the new V Rally. I don't know if that's like the worst criticism in the world <laughs> or a compliment. I think at this point that's just mean to V Rally. Yeah, oof, I think you're right. Uh, and the last track is Zonington. Um, sad, sad thing to admit about myself uh, that will get me judged. I hate Donington with a burning passion. It's just so unfair. It's, it's like it's so unfair. Like every other core is just like, what if what if everything was blind? Like what if you just couldn't see shit? I. It's not right. You know, that's it's more the unfair difficulty. Actually, that's not at all what you meant, but that's what I think it means. What's <laughs> favorite racetrack ever? What's my favorite racetrack ever? What? Stevie Wonder said it was his favorite racetrack. Oh. Ever. Oh no. Blind blind people jokes. We're going get dark. <laughs> all right. Really really punching up on that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, to his credit, I'm sure he's way better at it than I am because I, I just suck at dying, to regardless. <laughs> uh, also, the the national circuit is stupid, as you allude to, Andrew, because um, it's got the worst final corner ever. Well, actually, both the national circuit and the regular one. The regular one's worse in other ways because it's just like they, they basically append like a – I don't – yeah, you know what? They append the penis to the end of the track. I mean, they basically do that with the national with the with the Grand Prix circuit. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't like dying tin. But anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Off it, the podcast. It's like the hallowed it's like the hallowed home of uh one of the hallowed homes. You you have too many hallowed homes of British racing. Yeah, it's pretty much every track that isn't an absolute cesspit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I'm not qualified to speak, but I can just have strong opinions. Like everyone on the internet when they don't know about things. Let's, yeah. let's get positive. Can we talk about how good this game feels? It feels great. It's a great game. Uh, I, I put so I put in the notes uh, real quick that like as I was doing research about the game, I found an issue of Edge Magazine that discusses this and WRC on the PS1 and Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero and Daytona 2001. It's like the time extend. And of, Metropolis uh, Street Racer. And Metropolis Street <laughs> Racer, right? It's like the time extend of. Uh, of edge edge issues and i mean it says a lot this is like kind of my favorite game on the list um it it, yeah it feels really great you want to expand upon that andrew because it seemed like you were going somewhere with it (laughs) sure it's all right i'm just i'm having trouble i've been thinking about this a lot since uh about three minutes after i first started playing this game uh back in i guess december um I don't know how to talk about the kinesthetics of this game without sounding hyperbolic. Well, I, I mean, like every writer, every writer does that. So, like, go ahead. Okay, fair. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is why I don't write. No one trusts me to, and I don't blame them. But no, um, again, with it being kind of in that weird casual sim space, um, which I just feel like I'm throwing out weird buzzwords now instead of actual uh, whatever. It's a helpful descriptor <laughs> in its own right, even if it's dumb, like Metroidvania. So. <laughs> Uh, when, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just it strikes this weird balance that I feel like I've been looking for in this type of racing game for like my entire life in a weird way. Like this is what I wanted every PGR to feel like. This is hmm. uh, in a weird way. Like I'm trying to think of other prominent examples of kind of games that play in that line. Um, at least like with the weird Dreamcast analogs and everything like i still feel like this is the first time that at least for me personally i've played an older racing game of this fashion of the style um and the like brakes have reacted exactly as i expected to on every car from Hmm. get-go it steers exactly as hard when i crank the analog stick all the way to one side or the other as i expect it to um it accelerates with this exact like speed curve that i would expect it to and i don't know why but all of it just comes together at least for me personally into just feeling impossibly good and this has replaced everything else as my go-to like i want to play a game where i drive a car around a track real fast for a little bit i'm just gonna turn something on and go um this has replaced all of them since like right after thanksgiving i guess wow uh, since around November. so for the past few months i'm just like anytime i want to drive a car around real fast and have a lot of fun with it I have just been popping in test drive Lamont and I want to scream like I'm on a roller coaster during every second of hmm. driving these cars around. And I don't like I'm still trying to reckon with that and like put the pieces together in my own brain of how and why that is, because I feel like there should be a better way to speak to that more intelligently. Um, other than just saying the words kinesthetics and game feel over and over. Yeah, uh, it's another buzzword, but I I understand what you're saying. It feels it feels really responsive. Like it's just it's like everything is kind of you you know, you're in a race car. Granted these are race cars are like 20 years old, but like there's a certain level of of responsiveness that you expect from that and this game delivers on that. And there's also lots of like visual cues that really like kind of help not just help the immersion, but almost help you drive better like there's so much smoke that pours off of your tires when you when you um, lock your brakes up, and it's like really satisfying, um, and just even like the pops in the cockpit view. Yeah, even in the cockpit view, which is weird, but um, but yeah, and and there's so much um, like just like pops from the exhaust and the, and the and the brake discs getting all red and everything, and it's like some some of that kind of helps you drive better, like the like the tire squeal and the and the the smoke from the brakes and but, but the rest of it just like you know it just builds the the feeling that like okay this is you know this is endurance racing these are these are the visual motifs and things i expect from endurance yeah. racing 
and uh, and it just yeah it, it ties into the physicality of the game really well and it's just so well produced like it just every aspect of it is just so top notch like it looks it looks so good I love like the texture work I'm sorry I'm getting away from like the the physics and stuff but like <laughs> it's um, an easy game to wax poetic about I don't blame you yeah I I love like the way the textures look it's like it's one of those 3D games I like to point to when we were talking about R4 last episode because we talk about R4 like every episode now. Um, it's one of those old 3D games I like to point to where it's just like, no, this is this is how like the 32, 64, 128 bit, whatever. Th- this is how like this game puts on a masterclass and how you can make low poly stuff look really good and yet at the same time like realistic and like kind of evoking a realistic feel and just the textures and the color palette it's like all these like warm but sort of like rustic greens and tans but then you also get like the sun like really bright on the track sometimes and like the uh the bloom lighting from the from the uh street lamps and it's very picturesque and i think Lama, I feel like, is one of the most picturesque things to behold in the world. I've never been there, but I always kind of looked at it that way, and it, it fits really, really well. It yeah, also highlights how bad, like, um, Sega Rally 2, for example, looks by comparison, like another great Dreamcast racer, because Le Mans just, like, blows it out yeah. of the water in terms of uh, the kind of the lighting and the atmospheric just feel of the game's a lot better than one of Sega's own prime franchises. It Definitely. also helps that the frame rate is, frame rate is consistent. God, yeah. Whereas <laughs> Sega Rally Two is maybe a little, um, yeah, I, it moves around. <laughs> let's say. Yeah, I mean the frame rate in this game does kind of fall apart times, but it's it's not as frequent as Sega Rally. Like Sega Rally, it'll happen and you'll have no idea why. It's like what? Like I'm just. I'm the only car on the screen. Why Why is everything now like 15 frames per second? Whereas like yeah. this, it's like, okay, it started raining. You know, there's a lot of cars in this corner. Like, I, I understand that it. it's more excusable. And of course, it is running yeah. on the Dreamcast, so. Yeah, and it never dipped into anything that I felt like affected gameplay, whereas Sega Rally 2 oh, uh, will yeah. drop down into N64 territory and make the car sick. And I'm not like a frame rate guy at all, but when it when it's bad, it's bad. There's some real bottlenecks in Sega Rally 2, I think, in the Dreamcast, because like, yeah. there's one particular corner on that first track that always gets the frame rate. It's like the second to last turn. Yeah, like a I kind can, of hairpin yes, left. Know exactly. You'll know exactly. Yeah. yeah. And every time you get that kind of, oh, you're going slow speed up <laughs> effect every <laughs> single time you go around it. It's really weird. Yeah, those those frame skips are honestly like you play the game so much that you expect it. And like going from uh the the Dreamcast release of SR2 to being able to play the arcade one on emulator, I was like worse because I tried to give myself room like instinctively <laughs> going into that corner that wasn't there because the arcade version was like locked 60 frames. I'm like, "Oh, now I have to get good." Okay. <laughs> this is how the game is supposed to play. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, just such a such a beautiful title all around test drive, and like, can we can we give some love to the soundtrack? Because it's impossibly good. Yeah, sorry, it's... I'm very excited. I hit my face on the microphone. <laughs> no, it it is impossibly good. What's weird about it is that there are actually like two soundtracks in this game. The rock one I yeah. have never heard, and I I mean I heard it for like two seconds and decide this sucks, and I listened to the the techno one or like they call it techno. It's not techno, but um, it's way better it's it's great it like it's formed like my mental soundtrack to lama for the rest of my life like every single time i watch the race every year like the title song the main menu song like that's what i hear like these are the songs that play in my head that like symbolize like kind of that like that like sexiness of like endurance racing like it's so like so grueling and like long-winded but also beautiful and just like the drama and everything i don't know it it just captures it really really well
hear racing jazz yeah Man, I desperately want to buy a soundtrack for this if it exists, which I sincerely doubt. I don't think I'm sure it someone exists. has to rip it somewhere, but it's just it's one of those soundtracks that makes me mad. It's so good. Mm. It's like creatively frustrating. It's, it's just like so inspiring <laughs> that it's just upsetting. That is great. It's really fantastic. Well, I I was able to grab the soundtrack. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be in the episode, but um, I don't know of a physical release. But what I think is kind of weird is that, like, they don't... None of the songs have names, from what I can gather, which is really sad when that happens, because it's like, this is too good a soundtrack to not, like, oh, feel like, like the real thing. It's like the file names that were on the disc that someone pulled on a rip. It's just song one, song two, or track one, track two. I actually came... Oh, it's got that Blur song in there? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I, I came up... I had the name the songs, my own names, and they're just, like, these, like, stupidly cliched, like downforce slipstream I, I know all about lens that. flare yeah exactly <laughs> it's so dumb um and i was I like <laughs> and i was like oh i have to order this the way like well if it was ordered like the progression of the race it's so i'm such a nerd it's so dumb uh, <laughs> i think this is the perfect place for that yeah oh um, man i'm really curious uh i want to pick up the ps2 copy of this at some point and see how that feels in comparison I'm glad you mentioned it because the PS2 game, uh, so yeah, it came out like almost a year later and it's, I mean, it feels the same, but like a lot of early PS2 games that make me really happy as a Sega fan, um, F355 Challenge and Crazy Taxi are among them, uh, it doesn't run quite as well because... They hadn't quite figured out, you know, the PS2 was more powerful than Dreamcast, but like early in the system's life, they, they hadn't really gotten there yet. So, um, it doesn't, if you're expecting like, oh, what if this game looked like GT3, it, it doesn't. Um, it's, it's like the cars have some more polygons, but like the atmospheric effects aren't as good and everything's got that kind of like really, um, sort of like grainy, flickery, uh, PS2 early gen look that like Ridge Racer 5 had but like Ridge Racer 5 was able to kind of work with it and this game kind of doesn't and the load times are so long they're Oof. they're obscenely long they're super snappy in the Dreamcast version yeah they're um, not bad yeah I feel like the uh, aliasing that everyone complained about on Ridge Racer 5 actually like works in a weird way mm-hmm. um, and all of the like I've looked up a lot of footage of the PS2 port of uh, Le Mans, and it seems like this might just be people's like capturing hardware and weird emulator tweaks, but it seems like the like color palette is a little bit murkier. Everything's a little bit grainy. Um, as a Dreamcast uh, has that kind of like weird GameCube magic to it, where just everything just scales up really cleanly. It yeah. looks really sharp and vibrant in a weird way. Yeah, it's got that like. Like, I have a feeling that if somehow in some magical world where good things happened, uh, Le Mans got, like, you know, remastered for modern consoles and everything, it would have that same kind of, like, Resident Evil 4 thing. Where it's just like, they didn't redo the art, it's just rendered at a higher res, and it just holds up extremely well. Um, Yeah, just something about the look of this game on Dreamcast is just really clean. I don't know how else to describe it. The point about the... The point about the Dreamcast color palette uh, is, I feel like, a very astute one. Because, like, I always have this issue with PS2 games where they just, they always look so dull for some reason. It's just, like, a a problem with that system. Like, almost every game I play, like, I was revisiting uh, the first WRC title by Evolution. And I'm like, why is this so, it puts me to sleep. Like, everything is so brown. But I never had that issue. I never had that issue on the Dreamcast. I never had that issue on the Xbox or the GameCube, so... Yeah, it always kind of struck me as odd. Yeah, I mean, some of it just comes down to, like, art direction. Um, yeah. And, you know, styles that change. It's not like, you know, the early 360 PS3 days where everything was brown and almost monochromatic just because that was what was in at the time, mm-hmm. regrettably. Yeah. Um, but there's something like, I don't know, we, we should see if we can, like, harangue John Linneman on here at some point to talk about the video output of the PS2 and why that is, because I feel like there are a select few people in the world that would know how to explain what we're talking about better than we do. But I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and it contributes to this feeling that, like, I mean, if you only had a PS2 to play uh, Test Drive Modern 24 hours, um, 
it's fine. Like, it's still a good game, and you actually get, you get more content, and you get, like, the extra content you get is great. So, like, you get a couple new cars from, from the race that would happen the, the next year that, um, after the Dreamcast release. But more importantly than that, you get Road Atlanta, which is a great track that's been in, in Forza a lot, and unfortunately not many other games. But what I really love is that they added Petit Le Mans, which started in 2001, I believe, was the first year of Petit Le Mans. Petit Le Mans is oh. a race that uh, is run at Road Atlanta um, every year. I They're still running it, I think. I haven't followed like uh, United Sports Car Championship as closely as I should have in recent years. But um, Shame on you. Yeah, I know. But uh, I, I've never followed it at all. Yeah, well... It's whatever. There was there was the American Le Mans series, and then um, that became USC. But then the USC was like doing this weird thing where they were also like the Rolex uh, twenty, uh, the Rolex uh, Grand Am series. It's 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 a long story. But the point is that Petit <laughs> Le Mans is. Um, I really appreciate that's in this game because Roadlands are really. It's a very simple track, but it's very old school. It's a lot of fun, and I think that that is the reason why. Every now and then, I might want to revisit the uh, PlayStation version, but that's very sparing. Like that would be the only reason, really, why I'd want to do it. That's good to know. I might actually check that out as well. Just extra tracks and cars in general kind of already had me sold. Um, Brendan, I know you had a really interesting uh, saga trying to acquire this game. <laughs> you want to talk about that at all? <laughs> oh man, yeah. So. Basically, for whatever reason in Europe, the price of this game is really expensive by comparison to other Dreamcast games. Like, it's not expensive compared to some old games, but by comparison to the fact, like, I managed to pick up Sega Rally 2 for about £7 here, which is decent. But, like, to, to get a copy of Le Mans, the full retail version, it would have cost me around, like, six times that, basically. It's just really rare and expensive here, surprisingly, given that it's a, it's based off of a European series and everything, so you'd imagine yeah. that it was either mass-produced to the point of oversaturation or um, just loads of people reselling it, but nope, it's, it's pretty rare and therefore very expensive, so that I could pick up that promo copy we mentioned earlier. I managed to get that for, like, I think it was about £15, so I saved about... £17 off of what the regular eBay going price was, so not too bad, but yeah, it's interesting how, um, I'm assuming that means with Dreamcast owners in Europe, it must have some form of cult following if resellers think they can get that amount of money for it. Yeah, I'm very curious as to, like, is it just something that's more in demand because racing is bigger in Europe in general? Like, are there just more people that are more into this game? Did they actually print less copies over there? Because that seems counterintuitive. Same as Daytona 2001 on the Dreamcast, that is very expensive oh, really? too, and if, if Adam's comments or anything to go on, I'm not missing much by yeah, no, not you're good. played that one. You're good. <laughs> yeah. I actually can't wait to talk about that game, it's so weird, like it's so, and it's, uh, it's fascinating. And I, I will draw upon, when we do talk about it, I will draw upon the article that is immediately before this one in the Edge uh, magazine <laughs> that I have a scan of. Thanks to some some person on the internet um, that talks some about blessed it. Blessed soul. Yeah, some blessed soul for updating. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh my god. Yeah, Daytona is a weird story, but as far as test drive is concerned, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy I have a copy of this. I don't know how much the US ones are going for. Uh, I mean, you were able to get one, Andrew. So it's like three dollars. Yeah, there you go. Show wow. <laughs> <Sure>. off. <laughs> <laughs> you you could have I mean you could have just done that your system probably would have been able to play it I would think yeah Maybe. never actually is it region 3 yeah the Dreamcast uh sort of <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, right, okay, I get you I get really you can stick with you know uh first and second run Dreamcast like you can stick a burned disc in there and it'll read it but if you stick a Japanese disc in there it's not gonna read it so like there are things you can do um but it's it's very strange and frustrating, especially if you're trying to deal with like refresh rates and PAL versus NTSC and like what kind of display you're plugging that thing into. Uh, I'm desperately trying to not just like go on a six-hour tangent about like oh RGB card setups. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't tell me I'll do it. For about like the last 
three years of my life, I have been almost always sitting like on the Solaris Japan website with like a Framemeister in my cart, but I've never, I've never gone for it. You know, I've never pressed confirm. Um, so one day, yeah, well, I mean, then I learned about the OSSC, but, uh, one day, um, I will go down that dark road, but Follow yeah. me down the path of cathode ray tubes, Adam. Oh my god. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think I can giant do that. Ed BVM on the floor next to me is calling you. Yo, I, I live in Brooklyn now. I don't have room for that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> last week. I don't either. I'm just an oh idiot. Oh god. Oh my Ugh. god. I barely have enough room for my. I had to like decide, because uh, I moved, I had to decide, like, what do I want to have hooked up now? Because I, I, I'm not able to have like a basement where I can keep all of my extra systems. So. I'm rocking. Uh, it's a secret. You just hook them all up all the time. Yeah, all at once. That's forever. like that is impossible. Uh, Run up that power bill. <laughs> Start an electrical fire. I've got a PS4. I've got the Dreamcast, of course. Uh, I've got my Switch, and then I have the one of the first run PS3s that can do PS2 and PS1 games. That is still, thank God, working. Yes, keep keep that alive as long as you possibly can. Yeah, I was going to say you're very lucky that that's still going. It can't play imports, which is sad, but oh well. Uh, yeah, Dreamcast thankfully is easy enough to just get a VGA set up that'll play very nicely with a uh, modern display. You don't have to do anything ridiculous and get a nice, clean, crisp 480p out of that thing. Looks gorgeous. I got the uh, the Acura HDMI kit from uh, BBS over in Turkey. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Those guys are doing good work. If it I mean, like, I, I've i moved, like, twice with it. Like, I've moved, you know, apartments. And, like, every time I move with it, I'm so worried. Because it's, like, it's, like, the only, like, kind of DIY thing I own. Like, that was made by somebody and not a big company. So, like, it's got, like, kind of yeah. the exposed circuit board and everything. So, I'm, like, incredibly protective of it. Like, it's my baby. Like, I, I put it in, like, this, like, steel case. And I wrap it in, like... <laughs> Freaking cloth, so it doesn't break. Because I'm worried. Like if it breaks, I'm screwed. Like it is. OSSC is the same way. It's built under that like uh, project kit uh, layers of like plastic, basically, and all the sides are totally open. And like I have a three year old, so I'm just terrified that something terrible is gonna happen to that thing someday. Oof. Yeah. Just go in there and like spray some canned air every so often, just to keep it clean. <laughs> like I'm sure it's fine. I'm just being, you know, over over cautious. But and it's like. Uh, that plexiglass stuff, like it looks beautiful. It's just like you you worry about how fragile it is. It also just looks so janky. Yeah, <laughs> beauty and, and <laughs> jank side by side together in one package. Tail as old as time. Yep. <sighs> so we have talked a lot about this game. Uh, this is this has been an hour of Sega Racing System. I think Sorry, we should just make a Sega Racing System episode. At this I point. think this is the whole episode. Yeah, I think that's about where we are. Ah, um, uh, my my journey into PC Master Race. Then we'll have to wait. Yeah, you're gonna regale regale us with tales of um becoming a, a PC gamer and and dirt rally and yeah. Oh. And and, yes. and dirt rally, but that'll be out by the time we have our next episode. So, and uh, we don't we haven't played it yet. So, if you're looking for impressions, they they ain't here yet. I can give you impressions uh, of the first game. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a nine minute gif of my car just like barrel rolling nine hundreds in midair while it's screaming around corners at two hundred miles an hour, just exploding down the side of a mountain. I deleted Dirt Dirt Four off of my. You know what, Brendan? I blame you. I like Dirt Four, and then you talked me out of liking oh, it. Come on, how could I talk you out of liking it? You talked me out of liking it, so I deleted it from my system. I installed Dirt Rally again. I'm like, damn it, this is actually really great. And uh, what's not to like about a very basic stage generator that uses the same six turns over and over again with four boarding <laughs> locations and a lacking presentation with. Poor replay control. Look, I was ignorant, but like I was happy in my ignorance. <laughs> you should never take that away from someone. I mean, unless it's like you know, like their opinions are like horrible and like hateful. But like, if it's just that I like Dirt Four, just let me be, man. Yeah. I think I, I don't begrudge anybody for preferring Dirt Four. It's definitely um, it's a more complete package, but Dirt Rally's much more focused and reminiscent of the PlayStation One games, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think everyone would agree. Uh, so, any, uh, yeah, any any final thoughts? All right. <laughs> okay. I'm just starting to go at this point. <laughs> All right. This this has been uh, a great, fun, long episode of uh, talking about Test Drive Lamar. I I should uh, say real quick that I wrote the story around the time Lamar came or Lamar Lamar came out. Lamar happened last year about oh. like the best games uh, that that did Lamar uh, that tried to do Lamar anyway on GT Planet. Um, so you can go check that out. It still applies because like there hasn't been a new one that's come out since. So like it's just as relevant as when I wrote it. Um, otherwise, uh, you can follow time extend at time underscore extend. And if you want in on that giveaway, uh, we talked about the beginning of the show, so go figure out how to do it there. We'll also tweet about it. Yeah, I'm Adam Ismail. I'm at pioneer spine on Twitter and y'all can talk about yourselves. Yeah, I'll go next time. Um, yeah. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Okay. It's at Ed Balls with four S's. I um, forgot how and why that happened. It's in a previous episode. Go listen. Yeah, go listen if you want to know. <laughs> Just go re-listen to all of them to figure out what bet you lost. <laughs> oh, I haven't actually seen what bet I've lost. I might keep that for the Patreon tier. <laughs> nice. Yes. You're kidding. There's no Patreon. Don't worry, 12 listeners. <laughs> if we came out with a Patreon now, I think we'd be cancelled forever. <laughs> no one would ever take us seriously again. Nor should they. For $50 a month would be a copy of Shocks delivered to your door every month. <laughs> but but lim- <laughs> limit only limit only ten people at that tier though, because like that's how many copies of Shocks still exist in the world. <laughs> At some point we run out and I just start sending you PS2 copies of Rumble Racing. <laughs> I just start um, getting blank discs and rating shocks on them. They're not going to test it. They're not going to open it up. It's yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> CDRs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just write preview yeah. build in Sharpie. Piece oh. of shocks and Pepsi, man. There we go. That was the problem. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's about it just now. I'm not really writing at the moment. Andrew, you can go now. <laughs> uh, I am at Andrew Elmore um, on Twitter. Um, you can go listen to my stupid Ridge Racer album at anywhere. What's that thing called? Real Racing Roots 2019. There we go. I'm losing it. I'm, I'm getting punchy now. If you have a hard um, time saying it, it makes me feel better that I, I kept calling it the wrong thing on the first show that no, we talked fine. about it. Because <laughs> that's, that's the, you know, the whole, like, the racing league, the Grand Prix and everything in that game. Mm-hmm. Real Racing Roots 99, and I was putting it out 20 years later, but I couldn't call it Real Racing Roots 19 because that sounds weird. So I just made it 2019, and that's even dumber. Why not 2K19, man? 2K. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Time extended. Real Racing Two K Nineteen. Produced, <laughs> produced by Two K Sports. Speeds. I have to go take down the Spotify page. Take Two Interactives. Real Racing Roots Two K Nineteen. Just go all the way and just call it Three K Nineteen. At some point. Andrew, I feel like I, sh- I feel like you should have gone first. It was very um, unhospitable of of me as a host to plug oh, myself man. before you. So, I'm sorry. Good. But oh, you know God. what? If I could, like, just... You know what? Stuff it! <laughs> you know what? It means, that. It. it means that that we consider you one of one of our own on Time Extend, and you, you are forever a member of this show, and I am just fucking stalling because I don't know what to say anymore. This has been such a <laughs> ramshackle show. It's like when you go to a friend's house often enough that you just start eating their food. Yeah, yeah. Just letting yourself in. Like, you don't ask anymore. Exactly, yeah. I was going to say as well, if you appear for a third episode, that means mandatorily we all have to be drunk. That's how it works. (laughs) You can be a guest twice sober, and then the third time everybody's got to be drunk. I'd say that's the time extend rule. That's international law. I think that's actually in the (laughs) convention, oddly enough. I think that works. Um, Um, I'm just really embarrassed to admit that I'm not drunk right now, and it probably sounds to everyone like I am. 
So yeah, that's why I brought it up. It sounds like we're all that really pissed or something because we've been talking absolute nonsense. But that's Monday Monday podcasting for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, is there you guys? Forgive me for breaking protocol here. I don't care. There's no protocol. <laughs> is there uh, a next SRS plan that sometime in the future to prepare for? Are there any other games I have to buy? I would love to do Daytona, but Brendan can't afford it, so I don't know what we're going to do next. <laughs> we can just regale him with tales of how awkward that game feels. I'm going to check on eBay right now. We did this before with a game, and I absolutely crapped myself when I seen the price. So let's see what the current going rate is. Well, you bought you bought that copy on air, right? Oh of shit, there's a promo copy! Yeah. <laughs> what? Is, is there really? <laughs> Where there is. Drop that, drop that into the chat. I need to see this. Oh my god. How do you keep finding these? It, it has to be the same person, right? Oh yeah, they, oh, they want for yeah. Jets at Radio on here? Oh, yeah, it says you bought from the seller before. Told me Lamont. I need to befriend this person. Suzanne A4, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Give me that coffee. Alright, so this has been Time Extend. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry for everything. I really am. I'm not for you. Not 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 like not for you guys. Definitely not for you guys, but for me. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Derail this podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.